1: We are here to you, what you already, already, already know.
0: I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him and that, in fact, it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs, mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, darling It's Sophia Wise One from Vagina Talks. I have just tried recording this episode three times about how Mercury in retrograde can be our teacher. And all of those recordings got botched. So here I am surrendering. (laughs) And probably this is the one we'll keep. Because maybe that's what this is about for me and maybe we'll get to what I thought I was going to talk about and maybe we won't. Maybe this is about me just dropping a pretense or an idea of how I got to like pull myself together and like get an episode together and like do a thing. And it's not, it's like, it's, it's not it. It's not why even why I'm trying to record an episode. I just, I sat here and I thought, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot. It's like really in my heart. There's a lot going on in my life. And it's not just my life. There's a lot going on and everybody I know. is a lot going on in your life. There's a lot going on right now. And I just believe that there's something that I can say or share or just show up and walk with you in this moment that will be of service. That's what there. That's what's it. That's what's happening. And so I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share a couple things with you. And then I think, I kept going back and forth about whether or not I was going to share this recording of this talk I did. And I, I think I'm back at it. I think that's what we'll do. I think that's what's going to happen. So I'll share a couple things about marketing and retrograde. I'll share a couple things about whatever else comes out of my mouth as I talk about that. And then I'm going to share with you a recording from the New England Women's Herbal Conference that I did. And this is a version of my kind of classic tour of the pelvic bowl, wisdom of the pelvic bowl. Let's talk about doing pelvic floor work and the principles and the connections and the ideas around that. This is a great, 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 great wealth of information. It's a lot of foundational stuff and I really hope it's useful for you. So I'm going to say really quick about, or we'll see how long it takes, about mercury and retrograde. I have had (laughs) almost all of the major fights or breakups, I think specifically fights, that I've ever had. Technical difficulties, let's sing it out, sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. Okay, we'll we'll say that for a minute, getting through transitions in general. Mantra means mind release. It's the idea of repeating a phrase until your mind slips into a space of emptiness or spaciousness so that mind can it's one of the notions of of meditation or or practices is that we focus our mind which allows we focus on something and that gives our mind something to focus on which then allows us to have an experience of spaciousness around that focus as opposed to the focus being the focus that we focus so that we have an experience around the focus that's spacious spacious around the focus. You can focus on spaciousness or you can focus on anything, a thing, a particular thing. So mantra. Or singing, chanting, kirtan, song. It's amazing. It's good stuff. It's totally a zone that I'm in. I'm in that right now because I make playlists and uh, so I'm, I'm total, and it's just certain pop music that just gets me that like four, four time, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I make playlists, but I listen to the same playlists over and over and over again. And in that way they have this, this repetition. We all, I don't know what we all do it, but a lot of us do that. We find an album or do a thing. Like could do a thing. So the thing about Mercury is, if I can get through this before this microphone fritz on me entirely, is Mercury creates a mess to get our attention, to see something that we have been Resistant or not prepared or avoiding seeing. So it creates enough of a stop or enough of an interrupt or enough of a put you at your edge that you wake up a little bit and you are exposed to something that that needs to be exposed. It's often a time when confessions happen underneath the the debacle, the technology fritzing the travel being an adventure or plans communication coming undone underneath all of that a lot of the time there's the healing that's being offered the mercurial wisdom that's being invited is this this revealing of our true selves revealing of like what does that mean i'm so oh that's like that's so mercurial right now what do these words mean i keep saying these words what do they mean but revealing of like like Confession, confessing a secret, or coming something coming to the surface, or that fight, that tension, especially if you're in in a fight space, which I'm not right now. Um, well, I'm gonna knock on something in that regard, but that um, that that what it's really about. And I can oh, I feel that in my heart. What it's really about is this willingness to see what we have been avoiding seeing. So. So for me, just let me get really real here for a second. So my inbox, my email inbox has been a bane of my adulthood and I have not figured out how to navigate it. And it is a total energy drain and it's something that I have had shame and embarrassment and frustration and anger and blame and all sorts of stuff around because I know that its dysfunction is both A, a reflection of my dysfunction and be a perpetuation of my dysfunction. Um, and it's unsatisfying and I don't like it. And so I go through phases of being like, this is the thing I need to address and go through phases of like, I just got to like block it out and like pretend it's not a problem and like do my best and like do a thing. Cause I know that it's this like symptom, it's like deeper. It's, it's, you know, the clutter is not about the clutter, the clutter. And here's here, the clutter is protective always. The clutter, wherever you have clutter, be it in your emotional life, your physical life, your uh, mental capacity, your filing cabinets, your email inbox, your text messages, it's protective. It is a way to protect you. It is a way to keep you buffered from the transparency and the clarity that will require you to show up to what you really want and do what you really want to do and to own it when we are cluttered, we're cluttered. we don't have the space, and that 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 and I say this with like I'm, like, I'm talking about myself here, so I'm not coming at you, right? It's like I'm talking about us, the shared experience, and I've seen this year after year after year after year with all of my clients and students, and I've seen it first and foremost with myself, and every layer I won't i may I never blessed be, may I never forget the day that I cleaned my house for three days straight. And halfway through the second day I was sweeping and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I'm a channel. And I just burst into tears. I just burst into tears. It was this like I had been trying to, I had, I I had cleared the clutter and it was true. I'm a channel. And it was this, and I wrote it on a little piece of paper. I think I still have it folded somewhere. And, um, and put it up and said, I got to own this. Like, I got to own this, that, that, like the things that we're hiding, we're hiding from ourselves, the things that we're hiding from ourselves. And so, (sighs) you know, one of the, the things that I'll, let's see, how do I, would do I tell the whole story about this? I guess I tell the whole story. So it is a good and a generous thing that we only receive the lessons and the enlightenment meaning the lightening as well as the um, illuminating of that, which we can see bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. Because when we receive all of it at once, um, many times we lose our minds. Literally. That's what happens. Mental, the snapping of a breakdown and, um, and that you know, one of the things, one of the most classic and that you'll find all over the planet and in all sorts of different traditions is, is scrubbing the floor. And that, um, it's one of the, the teachings that comes out for me when I talk about why I don't particularly lead people on shamanic journeys, that that's not my shamanic journey being like a, uh, going into other realms. Um, uh, be like like a vision questing realms. Now don't get me wrong, that happens that happens a ton, but I don't I don't often guide people out of their body. What I do is I guide people into their body, a deeper presence in their body. I invite a connection with their spirit guides and when they are ready, the spirit guide will initiate those journeys and bring them back. I can track when that's happening, I'm part of it, it's a whole thing. I'm there, but I don't I don't I don't. There are people that do and I have worked with those people and I love them and that's a part of my practice. And that's not my my thing. Because because I believe that there's a reclamation, a restoring of what's happening right now that's really, really important, which is about remembering our name, satnam our true self. Remembering our name, our truest self, soul unification, that is my jam. Um actually speaking of which at the end of this month I'm going to be starting I'm going to launch a uh virtual course where I'm going to talk people take people through this process that I use over and over and over again and um I'm rushing through this like I'm going to talk about it later but I don't think I'm going to talk about it later so let me just slow down and say like one sentence about it what's that sentence um over the past 6 plus years no matter what I'm teaching and no matter what I'm doing I use this same process over and over again. And it's the process in which I help people inhabit, get present in their body, own their authority and their own life and their spiritual self, build a connection with their spirit guides, and then through that connection with their spirit guides or their highest self, um, cultivate an ownership of their life as well as their spiritual landscape. It's one process. I do it over and over and over again. I'm breaking this process. It's about it takes about an hour and 20 minutes when I guide that process. I'm breaking that process into approximately eight steps. And we're going to go in depth each of them because I think everything is skill building. Okay. So the idea is if we don't learn these skills, right? So, so that's what I'm obsessed with. I love skills, skill building, skill building. I want to get you skills. That's what I'm hoping people get out of this show on a regular basis. Skill, insight, take it home, do it, apply it, see the benefits. If we don't have those things, if we get illuminated massively, what do we, it's like sonic boomed out and we're not prepared and we don't know how to gather ourselves back out. We lose ourselves. We literally lose ourselves. We lose our identity. We lose a connection. We don't know what's happening, which can be, you know, a beautiful experience. And if you're trying to be here and engaging with the world, not knowing who you are, can be a little problematic. So, uh, so one of the kind of age old practices is to mop the floor, is to scrub the floor. And that when people have had enlightening experiences, and this is true, people have gone on shamanic journeys or they've had really big um, enlightening experiences, so much so that people have done this with um, entheogens. So um, uh, psychedelics, <clears throat> people take them and then, or they have a mental breakdown and they don't know who they are. One of age old remedies of not knowing who you are is scrubbing your floor or scrubbing a floor of wherever you are. So the idea of like, uh, you know, monks and nuns and devotees scrubbing the floor. That practice is a practice of coming home to yourself. And, and it's about everything that I was just talking about, which is about clearing the clutter and making the space to hear your own truth. And one of the greatest gifts of the, one of the greatest truths that we, truths that we have in this incarnation is our name, is our true name. And, and how do I say this? And that our true name is an experience and that Sometimes we even get an experience of a name that's called, that's said out loud. And that um that that's a gift to have a name that when you hear it, you light up and feel like you know yourself. Right. And I always talking about mantra, I talk about how I've always appreciated the name Sophia because it means wisdom and I've always felt like it was it's a blessing. It's a mantra when I say my name. I'm saying wisdom and when people call me Sophia, they're calling wisdom out of me. So that's been a huge gift to me. And so there's this The true name or the truest self, which is nameless in the divine essence in that even as it is unique to you, to contain it is to create a limit on that, which is limitless. Now, that being said, incarnating means that we've created limit on the limitless. And then to have a name that is called, that which we are called, is also a gift. And so to scrub the floor is a really good practice to know your name. And I think that's one of the reasons why spring cleaning is so useful or so instinctual is that when we come into our new life, as we emerge from doing a deep cycle with the seasons and that winter and our death and our surrender and our quieting and our quietude, that as we emerge in our new life and we're different, to know who we are, to really know who we are and to take the time to get clean and to get clear and to make space, to be able to hear that and to be able to know that. So mantra cleaning, clearing the clutter, And that's what the mercurial energy is really good at is really about messing up whatever plans you thought you had. And when we can thank the interruption and make in that space a breath in which we admit and we recognize that we are about to get the message or get an understanding that we maybe have been avoiding getting. And just knowing that, just being like, all right, I'm about to hear something that's like maybe hard to hear. I can brace against that or I can take a deep breath Get soft, get courageous, and be willing to hear it. And that's my invitation to you. So that was a great rundown of what just happened here. And I'm going to offer you that. And I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this talk. This is a little, it's a, it's over an hour here and it is a pelvic bowl body wisdom throwdown. It's real, real rich. So this is my blessing, my abundance to you. And I am really grateful for our journeys together. I am healing, I am transforming, and I know you are too. So thank you for being in it with me. And as always, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what's happening, what you're hearing and healing. And if you want to know more about this course coming up, definitely go over to my website, sophiowiswin.com, and jump on my mailing list or hit me up with a message so that you can know more details. All right, here we go. So I'm going to invite each of you to just put down anything that you're holding in your hands, find some sort of way in which you can let your weight um, rest. So dropping your weight onto your bones, finding that place where the earth is holding you up, and taking a few deep, audible breaths. And I invite you to bring your arms up above your head. And as you reach up, I want you to see if you can kind of use the counterpoint. So you're reaching up, kind of reaching into your hips. So I know you're sitting on the floor, but that's the idea. So reaching up and pressing those sits bones, that floor, the bottom, bottom of your bowl into the floor. Now I want you to take three deep breaths, really breathing into that sweeping floor where your body meets the floor there, pressing in and breathing.
1: Exhaling. Nice. Good. Good. And keeping your eyes
0: closed or soft wherever they are, you can allow your arms to drop. See so if you can keep that connection with the floor, that base of your bowl. One of my beloved teachers, Tammy Kent, says, when thinking of dropping your grounding cord. Imagine you're peeing outside. So really imagine that feeling and notice how I used to imagine a grounding cord when it was big and thick about the size of a quarter. When you imagine yourself peeing outside, that drop and that opening from all the way across the base, that whole wide opening, more like six inches wide. So go ahead and take a few breaths now. Breathing and dropping, inviting that, that wide grounding cord.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And notice. Things begin to shift.
0: Now I want you to take a breath and send that breath down that wide grounding cord. Down. Notice as you start to press down, you might actually start to feel it in your heart. Allow that downward and upward, that heart connection and that earth plug to speak to each other. Good. Okay. Dropping your shoulders,
1: relaxing your jaws. Again, another breath. Now I want you to. Let a prayer or an intention,
0: a wish in you rise and come clear. And I want you to let that drop down, this wide cord down into the earth. I want you to feel it go down. And I want you to feel for when mama
1: gets it. Uh Mm-hmm.
0: And then I want you to see if you can soften your physical body and allow yourself to receive back up that cord her response to your prayer,
1: her intention.
0: See if you can soften and make space in your body.
1: Softening the root of your tongue.
0: Noticing if you, anywhere else, your rectum, your anus, can you relax that space? Even as you're sitting here still, can you relax your knees and your ankles, your elbows?
1: The roots of your eyes. Now I want you to invite yourself to begin to feel the
0: bowl. So that's the base along the floor, kind of up to the the hip bones, the crest. The front is soft, the back is your sacrum. Begin to look around, feel around, sense
1: around in that space. Maybe send a greeting. Hello. Good morning.
0: And here, doing that same practice, I want you to drop that greeting in. Feel for when your bowl receives that,
1: and then listen... Or a response. So maybe again a greeting, "Hi, how are you?" Let me drop like a coin into a wishing well, or a pebble into a pond. Allow the response to ripple. giving yourself permission to breathe,
0: to use your breath as your ally, to relax into your body
1: that's holding you. And from here, invite yourself to take a
0: nourishing, good-sized breath, relaxing your throat and allowing any sound that comes out.
1: we'll do that again notice we have a little bit of a similar there's a sweet sound a
0: sweet tone and a sweet heaviness that comes out when we get into this space
1: good. nice
0: good another three maybe five of these allowing your mind to soften, relax, let go. Uh Uh-huh. There you go, even more, kind of from your shoulders into your hips, and then from that
1: root, inhaling and exhaling.
0: There we go, starting to get into it.
1: And keep breathing, keep breathing.
0: Now I'm going to bring in a little bit of this energy, this permission. Ah. You can have what you need. You can receive what you need. Right now, you can let go of what you want to let go of right now. <sighs>
1: uh
0: uh-huh. Let that breath hold you. Sometimes we get quiet, a wave, and then a sound comes. Sometimes a feeling comes. Story comes. Oh. So I'm going to sing a little bit here for a moment. I want you to keep breathing. I want you to keep breathing. It can be quiet. You're allowed to be quiet. You're allowed to be loud and not pretty. Just singing, voicing. Oh, quiet. Listening, how are you? Letting go of the story. Giving yourself permission to change. Right now, can the whole landscape change? Yes.
1: Yes. Calling all our ancestors, spiritual teachers and blood. In all the four directions of our lineage, we offer this practice to you in gratitude. Calling all our ancestors, spiritual teachers and blood in all four directions of our lineage, we offer this practice to you in gratitude Calling all our ancestors, spiritual teachers, and blood In all the four directions of our lineage, we offer this practice to you in gratitude. Calling all our ancestors, spiritual teachers, and blood, in all the four directions of our lineage, we offer this practice to you in gratitude. One more time calling all our ancestors spiritual teachers and blood in all the four directions of our lineage we offer this practice to you in gratitude. So I came into this life, as many of us did, deeply
0: intact. And some of us entered a world that really didn't know what to do with that kind of remembering, that kind of wholeness. And I was really blessed. I came to a family that listened to my stories and told them back to me. They told me what I told them about before I came here. And I grew up with this understanding that sometimes the hardest
1: shit is the blessing. And now I know it's always a blessing. And uh, when I was 18, I moved away and went
0: to college. It was a really big privilege and a gift. And all of the dysfunction of my family started to come clear. My sophomore year of college, I fell in love, shaved my head, fell in love with a woman. It was New York City. And uh, sophomore year, she left. She left New York. And it just pulled every hurt, every abandonment, every grief from before I was born to all the illnesses and all the suffering that I held it together. I carried my family. Anyone in this room know that story? Carrying your family? And at 19, I said, I cannot carry my family. I can't carry myself. So I stepped out of this little white privileged girl path, said, bye college, (laughs) need a minute. And that minute took me to a lot of places, this being one of them, side job, working, working at haunted
1: houses,
0: (laughs) you know, doing the thing, nannying, hospicing, just do it, you know, all the way, along the way, all the way, praying, 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 all the way, having that remembering going, This brokenness is my door. That was my intactness. At nineteen, I said, I accept, and I turned and I went, and I said, Okay, okay. And it took about seven years to get me back, to get
1: me here in a good, a
0: good way took about seven years. It was about three years of crying every day, five times a day. I've got popped blood vessels as battle scars. How hard I cried.
1: You know?
0: I have just memories, extractions, and medicine people, and plants, and so many teachers that showed up. Friends, couches, summer camp. Teens,
1: teaching teens. Oh, did they heal me. Oh.
0: and i i did i came into this place and i was shown the red tent came my way and i started doing more and more of this work in the red tent and i built one in philly i rented a house and me and my housemate, we took the biggest room in the house and we painted it red and we post satin to the ceilings and we hung animal bones. And we claimed the temple. And I became a body worker and a Reiki master teacher and I studied and I went back to college and I studied education and I really pulling, 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 pulling so
1: many teachers, so many lessons.
0: was good and i started to really have something to give I began to really give and i met this incredible being the same being who gathered who the cosmos gave that song we just sang to this beautiful being who is, became my wife and we started making love and it was next level <laughs> And my sweet little being, I say the first man I ever had sex with was this woman. That divine masculine came and it pierced me open. And then it was like, I was a walking
1: Ani DeFranco song. Just a
0: (laughs) gaping wound between my legs. The sacred piercing just... And I said, everything... I've had hands in my mouth and my nose and my ears. I've had people traveling through the cosmos to gather pieces of my soul and teach me the earth knowing it. But this, I got four inches that are off limits? Mercy, come on. So I called my one friend because she came back from Burning Man and told me she did this really rad thing in this, with these women. And I said, I need help. I need help. Like, what am I going to do? So she handed me this book, I already said her name, Tammy Kent, feminine, she handed me this book, and I said, okay, I started to read it, and I said,
1: oh, I can't even look at this book, oh my God,
0: so I called my best friends in Philly, ones who have been in that tent with me before, and I said, you want to do a book club,
1: let's do it together,
0: and everybody was like, "Yeah, okay." We got together and we read a chapter. And we got together and we read the next chapter. And we got together. And we were like, "Did anybody do it?" We were all like, "No." <laughs> 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 no way! <laughs>
1: we're like, "Okay, okay, okay."
0: So we did. We supported each other, and um, uh, and we did actually. I had done it. Actually, this is actually, if I remember correctly, a lot of us did it once, and then it was we didn't go back. We worked on ourselves internally. And we, when we came back again, we said, I I haven't been back.
1: (laughs) I haven't been back. Someone said, I haven't been yet. And someone said, I haven't been back.
0: And so we gathered in that red tent. And we had our blankets. And we journeyed. We did sessions on ourselves together. And that day was a day that I learned how our roots speak to one another. Because when Lee's left side released, the pain I was having went. And then it kept happening. It kept happening. And that was the day that I really learned. Tammy teaches this too, which is that she said the day after 9-11, all of her clients came and they had the same trauma pattern in their bowl. Exactly. Everybody had the exact same response and she was like, "Oh, we do a thing collectively, us womb carriers. We do it together all the time, whether we're doing it on purpose or not."
1: So many, many, many many stories. Mm. That being said, where are we now?
0: So that was my journey and I and I did one book club. That's where I was. So we did it. We did one book club. And then uh, my beloved student said, you're doing this book club with your friends. We want that book club. So I did the book club with my students. We read the book. We did it together. And then I went and I studied with her many years ago now. And and, uh, and brought it home, brought it into the wisdom and the ways of, of walking, how I walk and, and how how I'm shown. And it, it's continued to evolve and Met other teachers along the way, tantra teachers, yoni healing, and uh, vulva healing have been around a long time, right? This is like not this is not a new thing that physical therapists made up because of incontinence. This is this is deep, long thing. And so I began to find these practices more and more reflected back to me, and and studied and journeyed with myself, my own being, and with each other, and 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 so I really want to. Mm. I think what I want today is to send you off with the courage and the connection that allows you to grow a deep and intimate and very real connection with a space that um, we have been shown and told isn't ours. but it is. It's ours. And uh, so that's what, I, that's what I want. That's what I'm hoping. Everybody take a breath. Hmm.
1: I want to know if there's something that you want. I'm going
0: to ask that question. You know, we're kind of already dropped into this like deep place, so I'm just kinda take a minute and see from my story or from something you read or whatever it is that if if you walked out of this room going, that was cool, but I really was hoping for. I'd love to know what that is.
1: Okay, so just take a second. Have something, yeah. And you can't that you more Mhm. You mm-hmm. know, uh Mhm. Mhm. Yes. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, wild feminine, and it has a sub thing. But if you put Tammy Lynn Kent, T A M, I, uh, Lynn Kent, K E N T, and uh, I'll just say this now: the um, I have a PDF on the, the site, the New England Women's Herbal Conference, where I have a bunch of links and um, various stuff like that, too. But uh, Wild Feminine, Tammy Lynn Kent. And she actually has a number of books, and they're all um, excellent resources.
1: Great. Anybody else get a... Yes. Uh-huh. How, does it interact, it, how does it interact? with your organs? Um, where does it from? How
0: does the wisdom of the yoni flow into the other organs? That's the question. It's a great, perhaps it's a great starting point. It's a great question. Let's see what happens when we look at that. Hmm. I feel good writing that, so that's a good sign. Hmm. Yummy,
1: yummy question. Yes. Another yes. Mhm. Mm. Yep. I don't to ask the of you because I think it's something else. Yeah.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: question comment reference
1: Uh-huh
0: Great. So I'm going to start with something that's not on this list. Okay. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess it's it's related. I want to, before we kind of get into all of this really juicy stuff, I just want to share with you um, a couple... We'll come back to this. uh, Really kind of basic, tangible process. So what we did at the beginning... Is um, is in a lot of ways kind of the the heart of the relationship that I that I have and that I I cultivate that really that just actual sensory experience of connection with self um, and physically I love bodies bodies don't lie they tell you exactly how they feel about whatever's happening um, and uh, uh, so there is a practice called mapping your pelvic bowl. And so um, you do this physically. You do it uh, with the first part is a kegel assessment and the next part is like a, a pain or um, a pain or sensation map.? Okay? So the first part is a scale of 0, 1 to 5. A 2, A 3 plus is a squeeze and a lift. A three is a squeeze. Anything lower than a three is like moving towards squeezing to varying degrees. Anything above a three plus is like, oh, ah! <laughs> it's like you know, really in there. So the way that Kegel assessments work, um, and this is one one of the things that Tammy is the most passionate about sharing. So if you know any midwives, any uh, pelvic floor people, uh, any pregnant <laughs> People, if you know any pregnant people, um, it's really important. um, It was a general misconception that we need our pelvic floors to be stronger and tighter, which is basically foundationally inaccurate. And that what we actually want them to be is dynamic. We want them to have the ability to squeeze and lift as well as to relax and open. And that um, strength... Okay, is the ability to do both. Not only are there muscles that do that move those things in both ways, but energetically, physiologically, the process of being able to lift and hold, as well as the process of being able to let go and open. So I also think, like you think of the Kegel, and then I think of that like really good sex zone where you're like you're like pressing out and opening that like ah that spot that. Is kind of that other side and then there's just this relaxation softening so the lift so it's really important to do kegel assessments that have five stages okay you do this by quadrant so you put a finger two fingers up and in and you squeeze this is what most people do squeeze one you rate it now what we're going to do is we're going to go by quadrant you are going to press forward and squeeze again you're gonna to press to the side and squeeze again. You're going to note the engagement of each quadrant. You press to the back, squeeze again, press to the other side, squeeze again. Most people's pelvic bowls are have completely different engagement as you move around. And what happens when people are doing Kegels is you exacerbate your in, imbalance. Okay, just like anything, if we're working out on this equipment and doing a shitty job of it, it's not helpful, right? You're worsening, and so people are really tight on this side and no engagement on this side, right? The more they do the Kegels, the worse it gets. Okay, and that's why it's really, really important for pregnant women to not just do a bunch of Kegels, because most of us don't know where our balance is, and that most of the time, and I know this from doing the work, uh. I will do an assessment. I'll do a pelvic floor session internally. I'll do another assessment. And they usually jump at least uh, like one and a half points, if not more. Go from a two to a three and a half. Just in 45 minutes of body work. So that's not muscle tone, right? That's not strength. That's, that's something else. It's, it's like making, literally making me shake. That's something else that's keeping us from being able to engage and relax. Okay? Okay. So that's the first part, Kegel assessment, knowing those things. Once the pelvic bowl is balanced, all of them are engaging at the same way, and if something's really low, like they're all a zero or they're all a one, and you've done some pelvic floor work and it really is just weak, every once in a while that happens, it's really rare, then vaginal weights are actually the way to build the strength because, again, it uses the whole process. Does that make sense? Not just doing this, it's this whole thing. Also, so people using yoni eggs, the process of pushing the yoni egg out and pulling it back in is really important. Being able to do both, not just lift and then pull out. Not just at the end, kind of push it out. The whole process, that's very, Where does it? right? It's like, this sounds familiar, right? Like we're designed, we think of this sexually, but it's also non-sexual. This is the, this is the function of this creative mouth, this in out, this breath of life space. Okay, creative breath of life happening here. Okay. Then the next thing you do is you rate on a scale from zero to ten your pain. So zero is no pain. Ten is the worst you can imagine. And you go around. And so it's like, uh, and then I usually make notes about numbness as well. Because sometimes you'll notice that, like, it's like, oh, one, two, four. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. Six. 4, 2, 1, 0, 0, 0, 7, 2, 6, numb. All right? So, like, that's what that's what your map could look like. Um, I also take a note of, like, other density feelings. So sometimes it'll, you'll get to a spot in the floor that'll feel, like, just different than all the rest of it. Okay? So, uh, usually the way that I do it, this is the posterior, posterior um, and this is the anterior. Um, and then your left and your right. And it doesn't really matter which it is, just so it makes sense to you, (laughs) what you're talking about. Um, And then one thing that I'll say about numbness is that um, usually underneath numbness is uh, pain. And that's kind of across the board. Um, And so, um, and what's uh, pain, nociceptors, are in our body to signal a change in behavior. Do something different. That's what pain is saying. So whether it's pain in our heart or pain from our tissues because we're picking up something that's burning our hand or pain in our body, attention, it's saying, stop, do something different. Okay? So to know that the pain, as well as the numbness that may be sitting on top of pain, is a request. It's a request, a direct request. It's saying... I want you to do something different. And so, and uh, you know, you can have these conversations with any part of your body. And that's the heart of what I do is this body wisdom approach, which is that anywhere you have these things, you can have this conversation and say, you're making a request of me. What is it really about? And so then there's a lot of ways to work with the bowl. Um, One is uh, like we did today. And you can also, you can do by quadrant Checking in, it's very powerful. Um, I don't, I'm already like, woo, time, space. I don't know, we might do, I was kind of hoping to do a little quadrant check-in, but we'll see if we, we get there as we kind of journey through all of this. Um, but you can journey and meditate and go through. Um, I would encourage you to try that and then do a pelvic f- map it again. Like see for yourself, like does just visiting and imagining I'm in my pelvic bowl change it? My guess is probably yes, even by yourself. Um, but try it out, see for yourself. The next thing is to actually do physical work. So um, same thing, coconut oil, shea butter, a lubricant that you like is very helpful. Um, if you are dry, if you're having a problem with dryness, I recommend uh, like a coconut oil or a shea butter. Coconut oil, um, will your body will drink it, just like dry skin. Just, just drink it, drink it, drink it, drink it. And so you just want to have more than you would necessarily need, because as you're, you know, putting it in, you don't want it to be, um, you want, you want lubrication. You want it to be uh, smooth in there. Um, and so, uh, put some lubrication in there. You do a map, and then, um, and then usually kind of there'll be a spot. So on my map, apparently, I was very clear. This was a seven, right? that happened that was like so if I'm here it was in question, it was like, okay so like over here haha <laughs> yeah okay who's surprised not me so um so I, oh, I would most likely that bright spot right that that really bright spot feels like a direct request that I could go for maybe I'm not gonna go straight for the numbness you know maybe I'm, gonna, maybe I'm just gonna say I hear you I hear you you know I come for the bright spot um and really important Um, when you're working in general, when you're doing body work, kind of in a healing way, touch, but specifically when you're working with your root, this is not a poke until it goes away zone. This is like not what I recommend. And there's a lot of really wonderful and effective physical therapists out there who do find trigger point press until it releases. Um, blessings on them. That's not what I'm teaching you. That's not what I recommend. Okay. Uh, because you're connected, because it is a sensory organ, we've already kind of been put into the space. There's a there's a conversation that's happening, and so think circular motions, so circles, okay. Think with the breath, so do a breath and a circle, okay. The other thing that I like to do is I like to sink. Think less of pressing and more of sinking. So dropping the contact in. And then from that deeper contact, doing another circle. So a circle, sink, circle, sink. It doesn't sound good. Circle, sink. Okay. And then when you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm really, really there, then take a big breath and you just relax everything. So it'll feel a little bit like the contact's coming off. And I say, that's OK. Let that, let. it's like you've made that point of contact. It's like when you're like stretching and you like go to that edge, and then you come up, and you breathe. So that's what you want to do with your own contact with, with your body work. You want to make that point, and then you want to come off a little bit, and then breathe. You want to make contact. It's like waking someone else. You want to wake them up, and then be like, OK, but like have your space. OK? Like, what do you need? Check in. You know, so you want to make contact and then give a little space. And that's the way that I recommend. The other thing that I'll say is that the pelvic bowl loves blessings, loves them forever and ever. (laughs) Loves them. Highly responsive. One of the most effective techniques while I'm doing body work is to stop moving, to make contact, find that spot, come off the spot. And really listen and get clear. Sometimes ask that, what do you need? This is a question I use. What have you been waiting for? What have you been holding out for? Right? This is a request, there's something in here. So listening for that answer, sometimes it's like kindness, somebody listening to me, stay sleep, you know. I don't want to carry around everyone else's shit. It's like, okay. <laughs> Breathing. And then the blessing comes from this faith and understanding that what you're really wanting is vibrationally available at all times. It's already in existence. What you're doing is you're inviting that existence to become here, to start happening here, to be reminded. So it's like you're asking the tissue to learn a new song. Okay? And so the blessing is is calling in the song. And so for me, I work a lot with spirit guides, with my ancestors. It's like where we started, right? And so I'm like, sometimes I don't know the song of courage my body's asking for. I just know that it's a song I don't know and I want to know it. And so that's when I say, teach me the song of courage. And I make space and I breathe. And I breathe and I let the blessing of courage and let that be whatever it is, come and reveal itself. Now here's the thing. Pelvic bowl, the root, this stuff that you're working with, that you're here, you want to kind of get to know, it's foundationally changing. So if you want to maintain who you are and how your life works, don't, and I mean this with respect, don't try to do this work. Okay? It's like calling a friend that you're never going to go meet and saying every time you call them, I'm going to come see you next weekend. Don't do that. Just call them and say, like, I love you. And let it be. You can connect with your bowl and say, I love you, and then go. Don't ask how it is. Don't ask what it needs. Because if you ask, it's going to start responding. And if it starts responding and you're not willing to change, you're not willing to make it, you're just going to worsen the battle inside. Okay? So just give yourself permission to be where you are and give yourself permission to change. When you do this work, if you've made that choice and you're here in this room, you made it through the doorway. So you already made a choice. You know, and so if you continue to pursue that, often I'm telling myself when I'm doing this work, I'm saying, I am willing to become the person who has a different pattern here. It's a different person who has a different pattern here. She thinks and feels and does different things. She literally walks in a different way, right? The muscles and tendons and body and energy are flowing in a different way. It's a different person. So I'm willing to be that different person. Okay. OK, anything else about any questions about physically doing? Oh, I will say this. So the rectal tissue is the thinnest. So just to be slow when you're working there. And it can feel a little bit weird at first, because you're like, I'm pressing on my rectum. But with a little bit of practice, you kind of get a sense of that. And the, the pelvic bowl can take a lot of pressure. Uh, one of my teachers taught me, uh, there's no such thing as too deep, only too fast. Okay, so just know that with your own with your own um, root, it's, you know, if you have that sense of like it just needs to be kind of harder or deeper, just breathe a lot, go slow, stay with it, be patient. You'll get there. Um, So that but it can actually you can really press in there. You don't need to just do kind of surface glazing. Sometimes you want to really kind of get some weight and contact in there and it's totally allowed to feel good. You know, like, like sometimes we get a massage and we're like, "Oh my God, that was amazing." Sometimes you get a massage and you're like, "I'm so fucked up in a good way," and you're like crying, and you're like, "I'm walking weird for two days," and and it was like, "That was great. That was a great massage. I love that body worker." You know, I was like, oh, "I paid them so much money to make me feel like this." Um, I'm so grateful. Uh, so, you can be both those therapists yourself. You can be the one who gives you the massage that goes, oh, I feel like a dream. You can be the one who feels like, oh, I'm a little sore, but like it's good. It's good. As long as you go slow, um, you really probably don't need to worry about damage in that way. Okay? I will also say this. Sometimes actually wearing a glove, if you're a very tactile person, wearing a glove to do the work on yourself can help you feel the... um, Feel the inside of your body from the inside, as opposed, if you're used to sensing with your hand, then what can happen is you're focusing on the experience your hand is having. Does that make sense? So sometimes wearing a glove can help um, bring that, that experience to yourself. I will also say bleeding is a wonderful time to do this practice. Like I said, this is, I mean, a long, long time, the kind of thing that would be done inside a red tent. So, right? Bloody. Um, and it's because, like I said, this work changes us. It heals us. We are different. That's also, that's red tent work. That's moon time work, dream lodge work. Um, it's also an incredible time and space to set intentions from that connected open space to, to set seeds. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Can you grab my scarf out of the bag behind you? I was like, why am I shaking? Oh, I'm cold. Okay. Um, yeah, any other did I say that? Any questions about I answered my I said that and then I gave you more information. Does anybody else have any questions about um, physically doing this work at home? Yeah. So mm-hmm. So you're gonna go in and you're gonna like press. Like I do this, I kind of curl my finger and then just kind of get a sense of you're know, like a flat part of the point, like a little, you're exploring. So you're kind of pressing. And it's okay, it doesn't need to be perfect just to get an idea, you know? So to kind of pick a line around this three-dimensional space and press, okay? So that's that pain mapping. And for the Kegel, you're putting your hand in, you're squeezing, and then you're pressing up and squeezing, pressing over, and squeezing, pressing down, squeezing, pressing over, and squeezing. That was helpful. Thank you. I can hear that making more sense. Right. So like, right. So you kind of go towards the, towards the pelvis. You like track along the the opening, like the bone opening. And then you also can feel some of the bones from the inside, too. So you're kind of pressing through the tissue towards the, to the bones. Thank you, Jane. This is all
1: describing
0: that feminine? Yeah, second chapter is all like. Yeah. I don't know if she says, yeah. All right, some of the stuff I shared with you, I definitely had to figure out. So it wasn't all there. But, uh, but yeah, she has a lot of stuff in there about more about it and how to do it. It's really good for hemorrhoids. You can do it rectally. And internally on yourself. Doing it internally on yourself can also help with hemorrhoids too. Um, <clears throat> any other questions about that? Oh yeah, no, the one that works. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's like, like you know, like how you can get there is kind of like the zone. Um, you know, it's just like, it's like that's it. It's just a little awkward. It's just, but that's you're doing it right. You know. No, like, I do it a lot. I'll work on myself a lot in the bathtub. um, And I'll, like, wrap my leg around the bathtub in one way or, like, put my legs up the wall. Um, Am I answering your question? Gravity, not gravity? Okay. Um, Yes? Uh, Tammy Kent's Wild Feminine, her second chapter is about doing internal work. Like I said, I'm not recalling... A lot of the stuff we're talking about right now, I'm not recalling it being in that book, but it's been a long time, so. Right, the gloves on not in the book, right. Because you don't need the glove. It's just, <clears throat> like sometimes in Ayurveda, things like that, like, you know, like an energetic boundary kind of thing. So you could also do that energetically. You could, like, make that decision before you put your hand in, to be like, thank you, I honor your hand, you're a tool, my focus is here. I think as long as you make that decision before you do it, you're going to have a, a better... Response just because we're habitually wired to to use this as our kind of primary, especially if you're doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Totally. Yeah, this is great for rectoceles and prolapse. Really um, highly effective, actually. Um, And. Yeah. How do you read that? Though there's so much give. There's so much give. Yeah. You. How do you read that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I,
0: yeah. I would say um, err on the side of not hurting, okay, so like don't hurt yourself, don't like press around in a way that hurts, um, but I would err on the edge, I would start with the edges of it, so like starting, so pull-ups is in the, uh, 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 the rectus seals in the back kind of thing. So start with your left and right and you work your way towards the posterior and really work on getting the, all of that tissue around it because a lot of that tissue, is this, it's the same. Muscles are, <laughs> usually we feel a part of it here and the whole muscle is going like this. So you can often work on some of those tissues next to where you feel it, next to where that is. So um, So I would say start around it, work around it for a while and, and see where that takes you. Um, I wouldn't work directly on it, um, with intense body work. I would definitely work directly on it with that very light touch, that loving present touch, breath, listening, asking, um, blessing. Physically, I'd work around it. Yeah. Oh, you can do it. Oh, laying down is great. No, laying down is great as long as you can get there. You're just talking about getting, like, a uh, prolapse. So you're talking about in general. Yeah, yeah, in general. No, yeah, laying down, really, I really mean it, like, it's, like, whatever works is, like, really, like, laying down, sitting up. Sometimes I squat, especially when I'm uh, in, in the moon lodge, and I'm in moon time, I'll, like, squat and be doing it. And that's totally different. The, like, the landscape just feels totally different when I'm down here than when I'm, like, laying down and everything's soft. Um, and so, uh, these are great questions and it's like, it's your, it's your body. So, you know, like this is again, that story of like, you have permission to go inside your body and feel around and know what feels good and doesn't feel good and what works and doesn't work. Like yours, like you are not going to hurt yourself by just making contact and listening, that that's like safe and a good idea. Okay. Any no. We're good here? No, this, this menu. Okay. Great. Great,
1: great, great. Um
0: so I'll start with anatomy because it's like the it's my like least strong point from this all of this stuff. So we'll just really, I'll give you a super real basic, um, which, and then I'll say, there's some really great stuff out there. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to, Jane, if I just volunteer you, I just did that. Jane really loves the pelvic bowl and the pelvic floor and uh, is super into the, like really getting into that nitty gritty anatomy. Um, and she also could just recommend really good resources to get a better sense. But. Um, in general, what you do is you have, you have what you do. When you make yourself as a body <laughs> in utero, is you create a, a diaphragm. So the pelvic floor is actually our third diaphragm. Um, the roof of our mouth is a diaphragm, and the diaphragm that we think of as the diaphragm, the, bo- the bottom of our lungs, and the pelvic floor is a diaphragm. It's a domed net of uh, muscular tissue that is also intended for breath. It's part of the 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 breathing matrixes of space, and uh, <clears throat> that was big for me when I realized that. That was big breathing. That like breathing, a full breath could actually be this this space. So um so you've got this sling of uh, muscles and they wrap, they hold <laughs> all of our like organ core everything kind of comes into this space. Now, in theory, they're not really sitting, (laughs) they ought not be sitting on top of them. We have all of these other muscles that are also holding everything, all this connective tissue that's dancing around. And we've got our ovaries. If we have them um, physically, then they're, you know, varying degrees (laughs) in this place. (laughs) Um, If you don't, the energy of all of these things um, are still present. And I will say this too, I didn't start with this, but um, uh, everybody has womb energy and generative energy, no matter their gender, where they are on that spectrum, um, and that the line generally exists of whether it's outside their body or inside their body, and that people can feel that energy in either place. So for the most part, I'm not, I don't even believe that statement anymore. For a long time, it was understood that female-bodied people held their womb energy with their womb inside their body, and that male-bodied people their womb energies on the outside as are ovaries right as is their clitoris most of our clitoris is way on the inside the head is just this little tiny pit of this do we all know this in this room that the clitoris is like massive and goes on forever and we have tons of erectile tissue who knew sherry winston knew um (laughs) thanks sherry here's a great book anatomy of arousal um and uh, so, so all that generative sensory energy is outside the body. It's why I say they're so sensitive, because they have all their junk out there, and they got to get all protect their stuff. You know, we're like, yeah, beastly. So <laughs> inside, uh, it's also I also have that notion of that story, how the body tells a story. It's also why we feel so deeply. It's because our creative center is at our so the inside. It's not. It's not. Uh, surface like sitting at the core as opposed to holding us um, we're holding it. So so we have have your, your, your urethra and um, that the erectile tissue around your urethra is the g-spot which is really a tube and that's the top um, That's one of the tantra practices is actually to go inside and do a sweep from um, left to right. Uh, kind of in repetition of opening up that that t- front of the body, that front energy. Um, and uh, that that will often will give you the sensation of that you need to pee. Um, and especially if, if it starts to get engorged, it will make that feel that way. Um, so I just say, empty your bladder beforehand. Um, and for the most part, kind of relax. You know, I'm radical, so I'm like, it's okay if you pee. Just be somewhere you don't mind peeing when that happens. Um, and uh, sometimes that can be helpful. And then sometimes we secrete from that space as well. That the rec- You know, uh, ejaculation can happen just like a massive uh, space from there. So we have, like, these kind of different layers of tissue. And then we have our, our uh, like, all of our hip jank is in there. So, like, you go in and hang a left or hang a right, and it's just, like, all of these... Adductors and rotators, and you just have all of these attachments everywhere in here, which is why it can be so good for me and hip and low back stuff. Is because where they get all together is right here, kind of in this in this sync up spot, and we can get to a lot of this stuff, this stuff inside. So those that like that in the butt feeling, that like tight muscle stuff in the butt, we can get in. Um, because our vaginas, I think sometimes when we think of ourselves anatomy in our head, we think our vagina is on the front. You know what I mean? Like a picture them as like, my vagina is the front, is here. And it's like, well, I mean, they vary, right? But it's like, if I go inside here, I'm already here. So getting to the back of my, getting here is not far. Like that's not even, I'm like way, it's right there, right there. Um, so I feel like that's probably about as much as a, yeah, womb, vagina, vaginal canal, uh, vulva, outside tissue. And I'll also say working the outside tissue, um, working the vulva itself, really gently pulling, massaging, um, can be really, really important, especially if you've experienced trauma, starting out and working your way in and getting permission from your body to be there can be very, very helpful. And um, ease up any re-traumatization that could happen by doing this work in a way, just a startle effect that we can just be like, Oh, it's fine in my head. But then the body's like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Um, you know, and if we really say like, hi, I'm here for healing and like really arrive and do a lot of holding and opening and working with that and, and being like, okay, like, are we down to take this journey? And then we, then you kind of go inside and begin to explore that can be really, really helpful. And this is another place where just being compassionate with yourself is very helpful for actually healing the pelvic bowl. It's very, the womb energy is just, womb energy is just so sensitive and particular. It just really has this wisdom, this um, fierce, fierce wisdom that knows what it wants. And Um, and and sacred sacred soul presence, our, like, deep presence, doesn't like to hang out where it's disrespected. It just steps out. And so for a lot of us, uh, we don't have a ton of soul presence in our root. Because before we even had sexual encounters, like I said, we were told that it wasn't ours, which is disrespect. So the sacred energy goes like, I'm going to hang out right here. And so that our energetic, our energetic presence, our soulful presence of our vulva and our vagina may be a foot and a half off your body. And so the physical work to me is, is about, you want to, it's like, (sighs) this work is about making your body and your life a sanctuary to your soul. To make this place a safe space for your presence to be. And the wonderful thing is it's giving you a map of how to do that, right? Because so often it's like, I don't know how to do that. And it's like, you really do. Where it fucking hurts it has the clue. That says, I this is not secret. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. This sucks, right? So you go there and you say, what would you want instead? It's like, I want a cup of tea and someone to listen to my whole story without cutting me off.
1: Oh, that's very clear.
0: Right? Well, that's very clear. How often do you want that? I want that every day. Whoa! Oh! Well then. Okay. Wow. All right. Can I start with me? Can I start with me? Can I sit down with a cup of tea and listen to my story every day without interrupting myself? I can start there. And that brings me to this question of how do we share it with our teens. And the first way that we share this work with our teens is by having it, by having this relationship. It's the first way. And being willing to be transparent about having that relationship and saying, taking that moment. Somebody asks, people always ask me if I'm pregnant because I'm just constantly just like... (laughs) And we're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so much. So pregnant with so much, you know. It's just feeling that creative life force. Like, that's, it's, like, so, it's so real, you know. Um, but I'll say a lot of the teen girls know that that I'm that person, right? That I'm the person that they can have those conversations with because I'm always that person, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, you know, and that's important for me to be that in a way that, kind of the larger world can see because that's my that's my dharma that's important for me to do but for a lot of us it's just important that the people that are close to us know that that's a way that we exist with ourselves you know that says like this is what it is the other thing is like i talked about wounds speak to one another so the louder and clearer and and more whole your own pelvic bowl is they start to resonate And like all resonance theories, all systems of entrainment, the strongest frequency is what other things sync up with. And so one of the things that happens with teens specifically is that they have a very strong frequency. (laughs) And it looks a little bit like this. (laughs) 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 It's
1: amazing.
0: But if you're not here, they come in, and you're like, "Why am I doing this? (laughs) What just happened? Where did I go?" You know. So it's really about being willing to let them do this, and go like, "Okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this." So when you want to do this, this is where you come, and they will. Teen girls will, because they'll have a day where they're like, "I just want to do this. I like being near you. This feels good. This feels good. Let's talk about Wonder Woman." Let's talk about homework let's talk about that stupid guy let's talk about my best friend let's talk about my heart right let's talk about my fears this feels good i gotta go that's that's a little bit what being with teens looks like in that way you know because they will because they're supposed to be like this you know they just visit (laughs) visit this place and they go okay it's good reference point you know So that, again, that tender way, that tender way. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Let's talk about the traveling of the wisdom, which we've been talking about. So I think it might be clear that I don't have, like, a super clear answer to this question, but there's, like, (laughs) something in me that feels really good about it. And I think the answer to this is in, ah, I love this question because it inherently holds the answer, which is that our organs and our body are constantly in communication with each other, and that they, meaning you, is constantly working, we are constantly working towards equilibrium. Equilibrium constantly are going oh where's the how can i balance how can i come into a place of of function an optimal existence how can i do that looking 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 and so whenever we get any part of ourselves into that space just like that resonance just like that teen right the rest of us starts to have a song of that right we take a big breath in and our shoulders drop Right? We shake out our feet and our hips relax. We don't have to make the wisdom travel, right?
1: It's just nature.
0: <laughs> it's just our it's Earth, that's Terra. that's mama. Like that's how she built us. You know, and like what a relief. Well take that off the doing list, right? Like there's like plenty to do, but apparently that's not one of them. You know? So but it it the doing is not interrupting the message. That's the doing. That's the effort. And this is the this is my deep and heartfelt understanding of healing, which is that healing is a mystery. Like that moment of healing is a mystery and it's a miracle and you can't make that happen. It's a shit ton that we can do to make space for healing to happen and to protect that space when it's in process. Okay? And those are the skills that we learn. Those are the skills. And that's what the plants help us do a lot. They help us make the space, and then they keep the space. You know? It's like you, you do a ceremony, you're working with the plant, and then you work with them and work with them and work with them and work with them. And it's like the healing happened. It happened. It's just, it's just trying to get its grip in this earthwalk, in this earth plane, really getting its rhythm here. That's integration is key. A lot of the um, research that's been done on psychedelics is like, it doesn't matter how great the trip is. You take a really great trip. You can take 50 of them. But if you don't integrate the lessons from your journey, your life is the same. You have these moments of awakening and then you keep living your same life. You know? And so it's really that integration from the moment of insight that allows us to change. That's the, that's the part where we really need to do the doing. And so it's t- and so much of that is a letting and a listening and a showing up and a boundary making, which is why I love the part where we're in the fitness center and it's Kali and we're warriors. Because the healing wants to happen. Wants to happen. It just needs us to hold the line and let it. Okay, I think that's, that's good. So, does somebody have a question? Okay. Uh, One of the things that Tammy Kent figured out was that there's this map of the bowl and that there's these quadrants, the front, the left, the right, the rear, the posterior. And what she learned after working on thousands of women is that each area correlated with a particular... um, uh, uh, associations, emotional, energetic uh, patterns, I think of it like a uh, like a like a medicine herb garden so that like each of the quadrants have these medicine herbs and that each one of them can get really funked up right um, and if one of them is really not healthy then the whole garden is, is not you know, it's not feeling great um, uh, but that they each have that they each need like each of those kind of various collections of herbs, they need a certain kind of caring, um, and and they carry a certain kind of medicine. And so the left and the right, um, and sometimes they switch because everything in this world likes to do that when you get into the world of truth. is like, it's always true, except when it's not, right? <coughs> and then it's not, and something else is true. Well, it's still true, but it's not true here, right? Just keep hang out there for a while. The left side... Your left side is uh, often associated with the feminine, so the nurturing, the. Um, what do I want to call her today?
1: <laughs>
0: mama. I'll call her Mama. So, the, so, so that's your like, uh, inspiration, um, gestation, sensitivity, emotional, caregiving. Uh, yeah, that. Um, and your right side is uh, is is the is the warrior, is the is the masculine, the divine masculine, um, or the broken masculine, depending on your lineage and where you are and how you've walked and blessings on that as well, right? So, uh, and the masculine is the warrior, the boundary keeper. Who is the best friend to the feminine. So I think of the feminine, I think of the left side as like putty. Okay? Whatever container you put it in, she fills. Or dynamic. Changeling creatures. Right? That feminine, those female gifts that have also been demonized, that are truly magnificent. The ability to fit into how fucking the a fucking tiny box they give us and just take up every little inch. Fill it. Right? And, uh, and the masculine is the container. The masculine is the container. And so I think of it as like, literally like a vase, like a bowl. This shape. And whatever the shape of that container is, that's the space that the feminine gets to exist in. Because she's liquid. She's thixotropic. Right? She's like, the cooler, the colder she is, the stiffer she is. The warmer she is, the more fluid she is. <laughs> Okay, so she's got that soft, warm uh, flow thing going on, and when I think about this specifically, um, I have a really wonderful relationship with my grandmother now in spirit form, and we were fine when she was here, but she was a, she was a rigid, she was a fairly rigid, cold woman, um, and I think of that feminine being, like, cold, a little rigid, you know, and uh, and that was like ice cube tray. It's like what they gave her, you know? So good job, Grandma. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> and uh, thank you. And um, and here's the thing. How do I this thing. Okay. So, but here's the thing, because when I had my first experience of actually having a balanced pelvic bowl, it was like I understood the masculine as this container, right? And this feminine as this putty. But what happened was when they clicked into space, instead of halvesies, they did this thing where the masculine, they both turned into orbs is what happened. And it had really great sci-fi sound effects. It was like... And like this... And this masculine, like... It was super epic. And this masculine came into this, like, rotating sphere, right? And the feminine, right, so this to hear. And this feminine poured into this open space and began to dance. Right? So that, to me, is that, that's that infinity of that of that masculine and that feminine, or that structure and that inspiration. You know, and it's like, as long as the container is like a flat bowl, then the, you know, she does what she can. But when that whole sacred, and, and it's like, Many of us are blessed enough, and some of us have yet to experience, and I'm telling you, it's actually possible, a space that you actually feel safe and whole and protected. Like if you take a risk, they have your back, a space like that. Many of us only know that for a long time in spaces where no one else is, just with the plants or just in a room with the door shut. We get in a zone and we're like, I can do anything. And it's, I'm that space. That's where she just dances. And that's where the creatrix just makes up shit. That's like, that's like the creative force where she just starts to, she just makes it happen. She's like, world without war, not a problem. It's like, no one going to judge me here. Boom, right? And it's dancing and it's singing and it's whole and it's radiant, right? And so it's like, that's, that's that room. That's that room. That's that partnership between the two of them. And what I'll also say, because that is very, I feel that to be very true, is that the masculine is also... (sighs) Okay. So... Some of you know you like do this journey work sometimes. You like take a journey and someone's like, go find a tool, you know? Like, and then you find a tool, someone gives you a gift. You have this like spiritual tool. And the first tool I was given was a hatchet. And I was like, Cool. The second tool I was given was a dagger. And I was like, Jeez Louise. And the third tool I was giving was two swords. And I was like, Do I ever get a bell? Like, what is happening? Where's my flute? You know? A feather? Come on. These blades, okay? These blades. And I was taught how to use these. It's a hatchet of truth that I was given, okay? A dagger of excavation, right? Any of you who have ever dug a root and and needed to get in there with care can be really helpful to have something like that. And the swords. I mean, she's the warrior, and she's the boundary keeper. And she protects the temple. And the most wonderful thing about it is that most of the time, you don't need to draw the sword. But you need to have it and you need to know how to use it. And it is the knowing how to use it that keeps you safe, not the sword. With or without the sword. That's what that is. The energetic experience of that experience. And so... I just want to name that the warrior that the, the warrior that is not also a healer is lost, and the healer that is not also a warrior uh, is broken. You know, because we take the healer that takes on too much loses themselves, and the warrior who is not in for healing loses themselves because they're not they're in service to nothing. So that's the other piece I want to name about about the masculine and that relationship between that that the the miracle of that piercing um, which okay which brings me to I have magical time piece anybody I'm like
1: 1021 Okay great
0: Sure <laughs> Absolutely creativity sexuality piercing right this magical sacred man woman that had sex with me that pierced me open Right, that then initiated this massive journey. I've had very little sex since this happened, by the way. There was, I was in pelvic pain for like three years, um, and really had to learn about what, uh, you know, same partner, same great partner. But I'm like, I need a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes, because um, I'm rewriting everything to figure out what's happening here, um, and uh, and 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 really began this journey of. So here's the thing. Sometimes people talk about like creativity and the root and all of these things. And we think of it like this, like, well, people think about it. Yeah. People think about it like this, like this much is sex and this much is art. Right. They're like, well, the root, like our creativity is like baby making, like art, sex, uh, objectification, various degrees from like more wholesome to objectification. They're all in there, right? And then there's like a little bit of like, you know, but like that other stuff is creative too. And that's like a thing. You're like an artist or a mom, right? These like things. Here's the thing. So then the progression goes like, oh no, no, no. You know, it's like, no, this is the sex. And like, that's the art, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're kind of getting there, but really it's like this, this is the sex and this is the art, Okay, because the sex isn't really sex, it's ecstasy. And when we're in the creative experience, it's ecstatic. That's what it is by nature. And so when you're in the zone, when you're painting or dancing or singing or, um, you know, dreaming, I think people love to forget dreaming as an art form, the ability to just to craft and dream, story making, um, uh, working, you know, being in communion, communication. Talk about an art mass, okay? When you're really you're in that space and you're in that place of creativity, once you get deep enough into the creative process, it starts to be ecstatic. And what happens is you have this all the inspiration a thing. It's like getting deep, and then it gets like good. <laughs> it gets like really good. And a lot of the time, it will literally engorge those tissues it is pleasurable you feel good and you will get a little lubricated if you're feeling relaxed and safe and no one's going to interrupt <laughs> right that like and that and that to satisfy often is actually this continuous journey that passes kind of past out ecstasy into, I don't, I don't know if do we have words for that, the waves of ecstasy. This, ex, this next s- state of being. It's like, if the orgasm is good, great, but it's that moment kind of through the orgasm or after the orgasm, that, that sense of relief or fullness or radiance, right? That that's what that is, and that we can do that with any creative process if we allow ourselves to get so vulnerable and so open and so fierce and engaged. Like, we really get into it. It feels good. It feels really good. It starts to have waves of pleasure. And that's this ripple up the spine that happens that you see all over the planet in all sorts of different traditions. This healing ripple of the spine, this snake medicine rising, this kundalini, this ecstatic. It's like, right? It's like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, good lovemaking, and it's that. That's that image, it's like, oh, oh, right? Like this is that image, but it's also this, it's the same motion of the Kundalini static awakening, you know, or entrainment in network chiropractice, the, the healing, the fluid, the breath of life, the water of life waving through things. And so it's that, that's it. That's the, de- that's it, that's the deal. That's my, that's it, that's my thing. So it, it's all sexual, and that's that's the kind of the root of tantra. It's, like, it's all sexual because our concept of what sex and sexuality is is that's where we're lost. That's what needs to get redefined. What we're talking about a lot of the time when we're talking about sex is is ecstasy, is pleasure, and sometimes intimacy and connection. Sometimes, <laughs> right, with another person, almost always a connection. That ecstatic place is an experience of connection. We just think that that connection happens. Um, because of another person. That's where we get the most lost. Because they did it. You make you orgasm. Nobody else, right? Nobody's ever given you an orgasm except you. (laughs) And the mystery that does that, (laughs) right? Like, we do that here in this, but that's that same healing. Like, the healing, the ecstatic wave is there. Am I giving myself space? Am I showing up and not interrupting it? Does anyone know that feeling of starting to kind of get into that space and shutting it down? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we all know that for a lot of reasons. And so that's where that medicine is. That moment you shut it down, that's the doorway because that's also the moment you could open up. It's the same door. So to get to that door and say, am I choosing to open and close this door? Was this a choice? Was this a habit? Do I want to make a different choice next time? You can't have that conversation if you just don't look. Right? Okay. So... I think we're just about there at time. Does anyone have a like question, comment, burning thing to say before we Yeah. Can you
1: speak to how share this knowledge
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the young men that know me know when I'm bleeding. I mean that's my experience of my womb, having a womb, having an energy is just very normalized in my life. Um, I talk about, uh, the energy of it. I speak to everybody in respect and in regard to owning their womb energy, their generative energy. Um, I have a fundamental understanding that it's a shared, um, that we all carry all of this. Um, I work with a fair amount of men. Most of them are, um, to varying degrees, like already self-identified artists or, um, like medicine people in some way, they have that, they carry a lot of that feminine space. Um, you know, I do it a lot. I, I just do it. And I just, I, I, I invite men into the conversation instead of leaving them out of it. Where, you know, where people are sitting there and then they just start talking women stuff and then they leave. I'm just like, hey, you're a part of this conversation. Um, and I find the ones that want to stay are hungry and the ones who want to go. I don't know because they left. You got two young sons. Uh huh. Yeah. Again, I think keeping these these conversations, that wholeness, that balance, honoring, finding ways to honor their feminine sides as well as their masculine sides in ways that you do with yourself. Again, I would say like, in what ways can you, with them, honor your feminine self and your masculine self? um, in a rooted way, in a, in a pleasure, like naming these, not being afraid to just have these become normalized conversations in the way that you're experiencing and then doing the same in reflection with them. Um, and then as they get older, just having straight up conversations and just being like, what do you think about this stuff? I've been talking like this for six years. What do you think about it? Yeah, I do. I do. I do, um, I do private intensives. I do ceremony based pelvic floor intensives out of Philadelphia, New Mexico. And, um, there are intensives through I tripping off the body. So I could know that like, and then, uh, integration, distance integration. Um, and then I do various workshops that are smaller and bigger. Um, I have a table. Thank you. I would totally send you all away without doing this. I have a table in the stables spot. Um, and I have, uh, like two, they're just free raffles. If you want to put in, for, I have a deck of an oracle deck and practices deck that I made, and I have a free consultation to do. Just get on the phone with me and just do a healing session. Um, and so you can write your email down and all of that stuff. I can be in touch. You can make a note on there if you want to know about anything in particular. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I thought that too.
1: Mhm.
0: She has three boys, and yeah, and she and she writes about it on her blog too. I would say Tammy Kent would be a great. I, she has mothering. She has two books: Mothering from Your Core, Mothering from Your Center, and Wild Creative. And in those two books, she talks more about that kind of, especially mothering your core, that that process of like being connected as a mother, how you share this in that way. SophiaWiseOne.com. Um, and there's a stack of cards at the back there that have a, one of, a print of one of the um, c- cards from the deck. Thanks, Suki. I'm going to hold that up. Well, nobody can see it, but they're over there. Uh, if you want, you can take that with you, and it has my website on it, too. Yeah? And are you a practitioner? Like, do, you do this internal body work? I do. I do the internal body work. In I'm in Philadelphia. And you, how do uh, Tammy Kent has a referral site where you just put in areas near you, and you can put in holistic pelvic care. Um, That's her training. Um, What I do, I call what I do shamanic pelvic floor work, shamanic pelvic floor intensive, but holistic pelvic care. Um, If you put in Pennsylvania, you know, New Hampshire, then probably a provider that's trained up is more likely to pop up.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh,
0: No, no, I will not. Not this year. But you can ask for me there. (laughs) That'd be rad. Okay, well, I just want to thank you all so much for coming. I thank our ancestors and everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, and thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes So go there for links For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it And share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to Check me out on Instagram, at Sophia Wise One uh, Or come to my website, sophiawiseone.com I am Sophia Wise One, Daughter of the Wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the best news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> y'all know you need to hear that though you know if you don't, don't know, know now you know if you don't know you okay don't know. yo i'm so excited about vagina talks right now don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to don't pretend like you don't know you know